Well, I'm going to preach. <laughs> get my stuff. Woo, good morning. Well, we just say, Holy Spirit, it is the truth that you are the one that we rely on and need your help, God. We can't do anything, Lord, without you. And even the Son of God himself said, apart from the Father, he could do nothing. And, Lord, we just say, Lord, everything is by your Spirit. And this morning we're asking for your Spirit to rest on us. Lord, there would be a Spirit of wisdom and revelation present in this place. Lord, that we could hear the word of the Lord this morning, that the word would be implanted in our hearts, God. And we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the unction of the Holy Spirit that comes with your word, Lord. We thank you for this congregation. We just say bless this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's good. How are y'all doing this morning? Is everybody good? There is a women's meeting tomorrow night, girls, and Judy Ball is speaking. And Sarah Galling is leading worship. I think it's going to be a powerful night. We do it in the back building. We like for it to be more intimate. So please come. Don't miss that. We have a good time together. It's like a little mini retreat once a month. So if you've not come, be bold. If you've not come before, be bold. Come on out. So um, we'd like to have you there. So it's all good. So um, the team made it there, right? Mary, so the team made it to India, so we're, please be, keep them in prayer this week, and um, so, and the families, and yes, so, amen, and also be praying this week about that Supreme Court decision that is being made about family, so that's all I'm going to say, but make, make that uh, on your prayer list this week, that's really, really important, isn't it this week that they're making some decisions about, I think it's this week. So does anybody know Gettleman's? Is it this week? It is this week. I thought so. So about traditional family, the Supreme Court is making some huge decisions and that is not a small decision. It affects everything. So we just ask you that if the church doesn't arise and pray about these things, I'm just going to say that it's an hour to pray. I'm going to just say this. It's an hour to get in a prayer room, get into some group praying It is just not a time to sit back because if we do, we're just going to let our country go by the wayside. So I just encourage you that I don't care if you're praying with two people, find a prayer circle. Bob Jones saw this church in prayer circles praying before he passed away. And I believe we're in that season. So it is just not a time to be in lethargic mode. It's a time to rise up join in agreement with other believers. We can change the atmosphere of our nation by prayer and by worship. It is a secret weapon. The arsenal that the church has carried has always carried for our nation. And I've been feeling it myself that it is time to get back in the prayer room. So I just make a plug for that in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. So, um, I just wanted to throw out to you a few things um, this morning first before I actually give you my message that I just wanted to make a highlight of that I believe the Lord's really been speaking over us. Um, It's just confirmation things. I feel like the Lord's been confirming things to us. And uh, one of the things I've really been feeling like since Byron preached that message on tears in a bottle, I've been seeing that everywhere. It's just like, 
just on Facebook things. It's just been amazing. I believe that the Lord really wants us to know in this season of all that we've really been going through that he sees it. He has not forgotten us and that there is a place in heaven where tears are being stored in a bottle. And that doesn't help with losses and things that we go through here, but somehow it does bring comfort to our hearts. So I just wanted to throw that out there to you that that I've been seeing confirmations. If you did not hear Byron preach that message, you need to get online. Of all messages that he has preached in a long time, that one is incredible. So um, it was the Lord took him and showed him the, the storehouse or a place in heaven where he was storing tears. So just powerful. And the other thing I really feel like the Lord has been speaking strongly is about the power of testimony. You know, we've been through a difficult time in this congregation. People that are newer here, you've probably heard us talk about it. But, you know, for from 2000, I just want to go back through. But we've been through really a trying of our faith down to the core of who we are as people and a church. And one thing the Lord spoke to me uh, back in, uh, the, I think it was last year, this sometime he told me that we had crossed over the Jordan and uh, really gave me some insights about what really happens once you cross over the Jordan because they were in the wilderness before the Jordan and then they crossed over. And so some of the things I felt was, um, you know, that he, he was, you know, the very place where with that, this is one thing that happened, the very place where we lose our axe head. Remember the story where the guy lost his, Elijah lost his axe in the water? Well, he recovered it there, and that's something. And I believe we're in a time of recovery. It, there's days, believe me, that don't seem like it. But I do believe that we're in a season, the body of Christ is in a brand new season of recovery. And I believe in the spirit realm, it has gone out first. I think it may take a while for us to see it happen in the natural, but I do believe checks are in the mail. I believe that. I believe everything that's been lost, that there are checks in the mail. And if that's been a season of you of loss, I want to say that to you this morning. If it's been a loss of person in your life, if it's been a loss of finances, if it's been a loss of dreams, if it's been a loss of vision, checks are in the mail. Checks are in the mail. I believe they're on their way. And, and I will say this, if you didn't know this week, we lost another grandbaby this week. Our, 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 our daughter-in-law was 20, almost 21 weeks pregnant, and we lost another grandbaby. And I'm going, Lord, checks are in the mail. What's this? But I believe it still. I'm just saying it may take time to catch up. And I've talked a lot about the things we go through and not understanding why I don't go there with why I talked to my daughter this week about that. She's lost four. Um, my daughter's lost four. This now makes my son has lost four. This is rough. This is really rough on our family, real rough on our family. We get tested and tried every single time, but we could just, I could just say this to you. We can't, the questions could go on forever about why. 
forever to an eternity, about human trafficking, about abortion, about earthquakes. How are we going to explain any of it? All we just need to do is stand on the round part of the back and said, I'm going to stand here until the Lord speaks to me and tells me what's up. I will not get my information from any other source except God himself. And that's one of the things I have learned in this season. Mm. So, amen. So I really feel like <laughs> the power, this is one thing I feel like on the other side of the Jordan is the power of testimony. When they got on the other side of the Jordan, the Lord wanted them to write down everything that had happened to them that they would remember the word of the Lord spoken over them. They were, he told them to pile up stones. He wants us to remember because testimony is very important in a season of crossing over because least we forget. You know, worship this morning, the Lord was just bringing out nuggets this morning in worship that he had been speaking to me all week in this message. And that was really, we won't forget. We will not forget what you've done for us. We will not forget the outpouring of your spirit in this church, the outpouring of the river of God that absolutely prepared us for the time that we had ahead of us that we had no clue of that we would get tested to our bones, but yet the Lord would create and establish a testimony in this place that cannot be taken from us. It's really, that's what's happened here. We have a testimony. He has established a testimony in Jacob for the next generations to come. It is for our children. They are watching us. They are watching us in these moments. They are seeing how we're behaving with our God. Mm. I remember when Charlie and Luann lost their daughter, Spicer. Charlie and Luann's right here. We've known them many years. And we lived through them losing their 16-year-old in a car wreck. Their other daughters are here with us, two of them, Amy, Mary, we lived through that moment, but I remember a prophet sent them a word that the Lord had taken note of them because of how they had behaved through that season. That the Lord, they honored the Lord through the whole thing. They really got a hold of God. They got their information from the Lord himself. They didn't allow this thing to take him out. And that's the power of testimony. They stand here today with a power of test. Ammoni, you see that testimonies come from testing, and so I'm really feeling that before the Lord that this testimony is a time for us to really allow the Lord to use our testimony in our lives. That people need to hear it. It's really what what's the scripture in the book in Revelation that we overcome? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and not love in their lives unto death. So we see how key that really is, is that power of testimony. Um, I just, I, I just can't stress that enough to end. Another thing that I really have felt, and I, I think this is really important is back in 2012, the Lord gave me this word. He gave me this word that we were being sifted, but sifting meant shifted. 
shifting. You know, Peter was sifted by the enemy. God allowed Peter to be sifted. But Peter came out of that shifted. He became the rock of which upon the Lord would build his church. Now, it wasn't totally built on just Peter, but that's really what happened. So I have really felt like in the seasons that we have walked through, that that sifting has shifted us into another realm in the spirit. And I believe this. I really believe this with my whole heart, that God loved this place so much. He loved the, the place that we have so much loved his presence and desire for this to be a dwelling place. That it had we left, been left to ourselves, we may not have stayed the course. We may not. He's calling us to greater things. And I believe there's been a shift in this place and that there is greater things to come. And I want each and every you, each of you to consider your place in those greater things because you are all part of As We honor Denise this morning. Every person in the body of Christ has to take their place in order for God to build his church and do what needs to happen in a congregation. It is not about just leaders. Every person has to take and fulfill their place, their destiny, their call in the church. We heard a brilliant message on the church uh, last week. And that was such a prophetic thing. I'm going to say this to you. God loves Jesus, loves the church. He gave his life for the church. He's going to build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And it's really where the power comes in is where we're connected in to the body functioning and doing what we need. That doesn't mean you're in church every Sunday, but it means you are a part and love the church as he loved the church. So sifting and shifting, I believe the Lord has really, I believe we're positioned in a place now where he can really, where there's just a greater thing that he can really do to use us all. So, you know, when you're going through things, if you can always keep that in mind, I've preached all year about us being sojourners on this earth. It is a journey. This is not a, it's not a, it's, it's a journey, we can't explain a lot of this stuff, but every bit of it, we can, we can say, Lord, we want to gain every bit of the gold out of what we're going through that we can possibly get because we know you're calling us to greater things. So um, one of the things I wanted, I thought it was interesting about Larry preaching on the shepherd because the women's retreat, wasn't that not amazing when we, you know, the Lord just spoke to us about him being a good shepherd so the Lord is speaking to this body, to this congregation, very clear. And um, this thing about checks in the mail, Doug Addison, if anybody knows him, he's a prophet guy out there. He just almost, I mean, it was amazing. He almost just read our mail about how, you know, what the Lord is doing in this hour. And it was just described us to a T. So I'm encouraged. I will say that. And uh, the Lord gave me this scripture this week. Um, you know, isn't God good that he speaks to us? How could we live without his voice? How can we live without encounters with him? How could we? You know, um, sometimes I watch some churches on TV and the guy's preaching and the people are sitting there and it, it, I just thought, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm not putting them. I'm like, mer I mean it. Lord, have mercy. I mean, our God's alive. 
He's not dead. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's alive. He's in, in to see sometimes what the church looks like. He's called us to encounters. This right here is one big encounter. It is one encounter after another with the God of the earth, with the God of heaven. How could we think that we're not going to live without encountering our God? This is encounter, encounter, encounter with him. And this week I had one. I was, um, you know, I babysat three days in a row because of what was happening in our family and didn't get a chance to process myself what was happening. You know, another grandbaby, this one, you know, we got to see and be with and, you know, releasing back to the Lord. And, you know, it was really hard because we're naming him Philip and Philip's my son and, and that name is going to go with him and all of that. It's hard stuff. It's just heartbreak, you know, and. We've been here before. We know what heartbreak feels like. And we've appreciated so much your prayers with us. And we've really felt them. There's been a lot of grace. And, but, you know, the Lord was so good that I stumbled across this verse this week. And it's this. You formed me in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book... They all were written, the days fashioned for me. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful verse to bring comfort? You know, even an unformed, even when we're not even totally formed yet, not even fully developed, the Lord already sees us. Isn't that beautiful? Just uh, the Lord's so good and... Um, I just So these are some of the things I just wanted to say um, to you guys that I think the Lord's doing right now. And one thing he spoke to me this week is I felt like is he wants us to remember encountering him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So... I've been, I contemplated this week, and um, I'm going to get to the encounter part, but going through all that we go through, Byron has written a lot about this, and his, uh, he's, we preach on this, we teach on it. It's just like, you know, a number of years ago, as the Lord poured out his spirit here, there were three things that really God did in us that are absolutely, uh, they're rocks, they're weapons in our arsenal so that when we're sojourning through life, we know where to go. And for me, this week, this is where I knew to go. Okay, and it is 2 Corinthians 13, 14. This is Paul closing out, 2 Corinthians. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. He's, um, you know, and he's actually commending them to these three aspects of God. And one thing that has happened to me in my life since I've encountered him through the Holy Spirit is I have developed a relationship with the Lord 
in all aspects of these. And I believe until we all are able to grasp these aspects of God, we can't really come into fullness. Okay, because God is a triune God. He is, he is the Trinity. There's, and, and we can focus on this part of him. We can focus on the Holy Spirit, focus on God the Father, focus on Jesus Christ, our Savior. But he is three in one. And we, in order for our spirit man to be totally developed, it's so key that we get a grasp on all. And, um, and I will tell you this, that the, this scripture and this revelation of these aspects of God have carried us through our last season. And I just want to go through, um, I'm not going to stay on grace very long, and I'm not going to stay on the love of the Father very long, I don't think. Okay, you never know. But, surely as you say that, I really did want to um, talk some about encounter this morning because I feel like the Lord was direct in that way. But I just want to give you a few scriptures. If you don't know me, I grace the grace of God has really been uh, one of my major parts of testimony for me. I grew up traditional church, pretty much a people-pleaser, God-pleaser type relationship and the Lord really had to pull all of that out of me and begin to reveal a revelation of his grace, which is unmerited favor, okay? It's not, about, it's not about what I do. It's not about what I perform. And I believe the reason why grace, I believe grace is so key for the body of Christ. And you would be surprised at how much of the body of Christ is really not walking in the fullness of a revelation of the grace of God. We kind of get it for getting our sins forgiven. It's like the day we get saved, we can say, oh yeah, everything's forgiven, and we can settle that. But then suddenly, something else wakes up in us where we think we've got to maintain this thing. Does that make sense? That you're going to maintain your salvation? I don't think so. I don't... And, um, I mean, because the same grace that got us in the door is the same grace that keeps us. So, um, and I didn't know that. I really was not aware. I was working my little honey off to try to maintain what I thought was, you know, to, to please the Lord. And so God really did uh, come in with marvelous revelation for me. And he's really impacted this church and I believe the order of the scripture is very important because I believe it takes grace, a revelation of grace to come in to a real revelation of the love of God and to really allow yourself to be impacted by the Holy Spirit the way he wants to encounter you. And if you don't have a revelation of grace, you will be just stuck in yourself because it's all about you and all about you just stands there just stuck. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Because if we could have, we would never needed the cross. We had never needed the cross, the, the, the grace to be poured out. So I believe the revelation of grace is key in the order that it's in. So John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
And I love this verse 16 there. It says, and out of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace. So what we're seeing is our Savior arriving on the scene. And it says further in there is that the the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ. So we see a major transition right there from the Old Testament into the New Testament. He is beginning to say, there is a new and living way coming for the people of God. No longer are we going to live by rules. We're going to begin to live by another new and living way. And it is that there is a grace that was poured out on the cross by the blood of Jesus that now says, I, you couldn't do it yourself. I'm going to do it through you because it is unmerited because it's not about you. It's about me. It's about my power at work, living in and through you. That is the story of grace. And most of us stay stuck in ourselves, still trying to make it work because of our flesh nature. When we fell in the garden, we fell into self-effort. So we think sin is just drinking too much or immorality. It's, that's not the only sin. Sin is self stuff. Anything that is about me is sin because it's pride and pride is our real problem. Pride just leads to the other stuff. Pride goeth before the fall. But out of his fullness, grace for grace. And I love this because this is where you start connecting grace with the Holy Spirit. Grace with the river of God. Because what that says is grace for grace for grace for grace. And this is how grace works all the time. It's like a river. It's like a river. It's a river always flowing that we can get in at any time. It's every time there's a need for grace. We, we need grace for today. And that grace starts waning. Another grace comes in. And that's the way we're made to live this. So when I'm going through a hard time, do you think the thing that I'm going to do is go start trying to pull myself together and get through? No, I'm going to grace. I'm going to the power that is at work in me that's able to overcome when I am not able to. Paul said it. He cried out to the Lord. He, I have this weakness that I cannot get over. And he, and the, what did the Lord say to him? Your grace is sufficient for you because in your weakness, my power is made perfect. Grace is the power source for the church. It's the power source for the believer. But if we keep this thing up of self-effort and trying to make it happen ourselves, we are going to fail and the enemy knows it. He just lurks around waiting for us. Oh, yeah. They're just going to keep working it out themselves. They're going to wear themselves out. And then I'm coming in. I'm going to come in like a flood. I'm going to come in with my flood. And it's failure. And once we're in failure, what do we do? We run away from the Lord instead of to him. I, I, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff out there about hyper grace and I've not read the stuff and I really believe 
um, that honestly, if you have a hold of grace, this is what we believe. I'm just going to say this. We believe in grace-empowered holiness. We believe that the body of Christ will is holy, is holiness. But you know why we're holy? Because Romans, and I can't go into all of that, teaches this, that we have an imputed righteousness. We have a righteousness that has been given to us. Now, let me ask you a question. If I've been given a righteousness just the day I got saved, and then I stop it there and I start trying to work out my own righteousness, does that make any sense? We already have a righteousness. And if we keep striving to get to something, we have missed the whole message of the gospel of grace. We have an imputed righteousness. I'm living from that righteousness now. I'm not trying to get to it. Watchman Nee said it's like the body of Christ is in a room. They're trapped in a room. They're already in, they're, no, they're already in a room that they're trying to get to. And that's a perfect description. But, you know, I love another analogy that he uses because this weakness thing is key. Because, you know, when we get saved, we come to him in utter weakness. I'm a sinner. I failed. I can't do it. Lord, help me. Come into my life. I invite you into my life. Well, what are we inviting him? Just to forgive our sin? What are we inviting him to? We're inviting him to come and live his life through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's what happens. A lot of times this flesh thing that we've got going on that wants to work it out because of pride. We want to do it because if we do it, who gets the honor? Who gets the glory? I do. Mrs. I'm so good. That's really what we want. That's the crux of the flesh nature is we want to do it so we get the glory. But God often will allow things into our life that will wear us out, just like Paul. Till one day, as believers, he does this. Paul was a believer here. That'll wear us out. There's a great book out there. It's called "They Found It." It's, a, it's stories about all these old saints that have they, they. This is how they came into a revelation of grace. They got worn out, and that's what happened to me. I was worn out. I just had tried so long trying to make it on and please the Lord on my own. But watch my knee says this. It's like a lifeguard standing on the shore. There's a man out there drowning. And a person saying, aren't you going to save him? They're standing next to him. Aren't you going to save him? Aren't you going to say, aren't you going to do something? He says, I can't. What do you mean you can't? I can't until he's completely worn himself out. And then I will go out there and save him. Otherwise, he'll take me down with him. Isn't that something? So this morning, if you are going through stuff and feel like you've battled and battled and battled with things, really the key is giving up. It's just giving up. You know, just give up, let go, let God, let grace do the work. That is a motto of my life. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this, For it is by grace that you're saved through faith, and this salvation is not of yourselves, it's not your own doing. It came not through your own striving. It is a gift. Not because of works, least any man should boast. It's not because of anything we can possibly do. 
Listen, I love this. It says that you are God's workmanship. Okay? Recreated in... This is not talking about getting your sins forgiven. This is talking about grace coming and you being God's, me being God's workmanship. It's either going to be God's workmanship or my workmanship. And my workmanship's going to equal shipwreck. <laughs> that's really what that's going to be. So, um, but I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It's Acts 20, 22. There's two, there's so many favorites. And I'm just going to read you some more scriptures and I'm just going to move on to the uh, love of the Father. It says, um, Acts 20, 22. This is Paul. He's leaving. He's going. Uh, he has, he's constrained to go to Jerusalem. He's, and this is what he's saying. Um, and see, no, and see, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me. There, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying, Chains and tribulations await you. Okay, think about that. He's being prophesied over everywhere that chains and tribulations await him. And he says, I love this, but none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life to myself so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry, here it is, that I receive from who? The Lord Jesus to testify of the grace of God. So you've got to see right here that Paul got a download. This is really, when you get a hold of the grace thing, you will understand Paul a lot better than what he's trying to communicate in all of his books to the church. He was trying to testify and teach and get that revelation of the gospel of grace, of transitioning out of this law and performance mindset into the mindset of unmerited favor. Isn't that good? Isn't that powerful? So love it. Love that. And so um, I just think that's really, really key. And so you can see right there that Grace was a rock for him. He was, he was going by the Spirit. He was bound in his spirit to go tribulations awaiting him, but he knew in the power that he was going in. He was going in unmerited favor. Didn't have anything to do with him. So that's that's the, such the key is it doesn't have anything to do with me. So the next thing I want to talk about is um, this is what I really felt, the love of God. So I just want to say this. Jesus came to show us the Father, okay? He showed us the way man would walk and interact with God. You can see, if really, all the answers that we need are in the life of Christ. If we focus on anything, we can focus on the life of Christ and see how he interacted. Okay, this is what you see. You see, when he begins his ministry, he receives... The baptism of the love of the Father. This is my beloved Son in who I am well pleased. Do you see that? He's getting a baptism in love and he's getting a baptism in identity. Okay, I just want to ask this question. If he needed it, 
And I'm just, you know, I know y'all, a lot of, a lot of y'all have heard this message before because this is a theme for River Life. You will hear us talk about it. I wanted to talk about it again because we have a lot of new people here. But I just want you to say, think, really think about that. If he needed that baptism of affirmation, of love, of who he is, of who my beloved son, it, it's just, it, it just doesn't even, it's insanity to think that we don't need that. And I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me this week about anything we go through. There's nothing that an encounter with him can't pull us out of. And so my default is okay. I babysat three weeks with the kids hurting, pain this week. You know, it's hard. But I knew if I could just encounter the Lord, if I could just get with him and hear him say, you know, you are my daughter. I, I'm, you know, and get that affirmation of my father that he's good all the time and hear his voice and just be able to grasp his love. I, I've been thinking about, I just will throw this out. This is maybe another teaching one day or I've really been contemplating these two things. If we were really able to really believe Without any filters, you know that no filter thing everybody does. With um, Instagram and pictures, they do no filter. You know what that means? They take pictures and they didn't, they didn't make it look better or worse. <laughs> they say no filters, I think. You know, these helpsters. Okay, you have to keep up with the times, everybody. No filter. But if we really had no filter... I've contemplated these two. If we really believe he loved us, if we really believe that, I mean it if we really did. And the other thing, if we really believed he was good, we would be different people. I think we just have baby. I know I've got, yeah, yeah, there's probably people out there that have more than me. But I'm, I've told the Lord, I've got to have this. I've got to get to this no filter thing. Or my heart is not a barrier between your love and your affirmation and really knowing that you're good. Because my flesh wants to default and go back and say, how could you love me? How could you accept me? And how do I believe you're good when all of this stuff goes on all the time? But I'm contending for it. You should too. You should too. And this is the scripture I believe the Lord gave me this week. Ephesians 3. 14, this is Paul praying for the Ephesians church. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He precedes us, says the Father of all fathers. The fathers of which all of everyone in heaven and on earth get their name. Isn't that powerful? 
He, he, and Paul is crying out and says to the Father, even of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole heaven and earth is named, here it is, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to grasp, to comprehend with all the same the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now I'm going to tell you this. This is not theology love. This is experienced love. This is what this is talking about. And I'm telling you, the church, I don't know a lot about the Enlightenment movement, but this is what I think happened. I think during the Enlightenment movement back in whenever you historians know that happened, I think it was when? Early 1700s. I think it dampened our emotions down. It made us very reserved. It made us think if we, if we, if we couldn't see it, then it must not be so. It took away all the supernatural and all the mystery about God away from the church. And we are still recovering from that. We are not made to be just Filmed over and dull and just theology. This is what the word says. We are made to encounter him, to experience him. And I go back to the fact that if Jesus needed it, who do you think we, what are we thinking? What are we thinking that we don't need encounters with him? Encounters will save our life. The ability to grasp. The ability to grasp. Paul is praying, actually, that we will be strengthened in our spirit man in order to be able to take hold of this, the love of God. Because because of the way life is, being the assaults of life, the assaults of history on the church, the assaults of the flesh, Everything we go through, it has this thing where it wants to gnaw our heart, to make our hearts dull, numb, unbelief. When the Lord, when Paul is praying that God's government here will come and take control of our inner man so that we will have the ability to grasp that experience love, to experience him and come into fullness can't come into fullness without it Mm. thank you lord that good that's so good you know um then i'm going to talk about this the river of god (laughs) the river that's the third part commending us to the holy spirit and my journey is i was very reserved i was raised baptist um and my parents, though, kind of were Holy Ghost. They were unusual. 
I, yeah, I've, I've learned as time goes on to really appreciate my, inher- my spiritual inheritance. Actually, I have a lot of it coming forth. Now, that's another thing I want to say to y'all. Take notice. God is releasing your spiritual inheritance is coming through the bloodline right now. And you need to grab hold of them. So the good ones, don't take the bad ones. Don't take the occult and all that stuff, but grab hold to that good stuff in your bloodline. So, um, but, you know, my story is this. When Jacob started singing this morning, we will not forget you, Holy Spirit. And I'm just saying that I will never forget. I got baptized with the Holy Spirit and when I was... Um, I think I was 16 there was a movement you know going on where there's Jesus movement the uh the Pentecostal movement that had started back in the early 1900s it was finally catching up that wave was finally starting to reach in and so the charismatic movement was breaking out and there was a lot of action around people getting filled with the spirit I mean people were just hungry they're sort of hungering for Jesus and when you start hungering for Jesus the Holy Spirit responds okay and so I got filled with the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues I was scared of it um, but I did I mean people would pray for me and get around me and I would just stand there and look around at them you know like and I'd never speak in tongues you know because I just stand there but finally I told the Lord I said you know I, I want to speak in tongues I want this and I said, but I think I really need to do this when we're alone because this is, I get too freaked out, you know. And, and sure enough, that's what happened. I was reading a book, Prison to Praise, written by an army chaplain who'd gotten filled with the Spirit, wasn't even really on that. He had a section on it and just one line in the book that says, you may just open your mouth right now and some words come out. I won't tell you where. I, well, I'll tell you I was in the bathroom. <laughs> Interesting place to get filled with the Spirit, Right. And I just opened my mouth, and the Spirit just kind of flowed through. It was one of the greatest days. And I tell you, I was altered after that. I don't, I'm not going to battle any of that with anybody. I don't care. I speak in tongues. I love to speak in tongues. It helps me. When I'm hurting, speaking in tongues helps me because it's the Spirit giving utterance through me, and I need that. Okay? I'm not trying to convince anybody, but I'm just going to tell you how good it is. So, but, you know, then later, that, that went on and scared me. But then later in life when the Toronto blessing broke out, when there was this a major outpouring. It was coming. Argentina was being greatly impacted. Um, that was just a whole nother round because then all these manifestations were breaking out. And they were crazy manifestations. People shaking and falling in the floor. And, I mean, speaking in tongues was lightweight. It was like, and here I was again. I was just stiff as a board, and people would pray for me, and I would just, you know, it was just hard. So, I mean, just my brain, my head was in the way, and that's really what it is. When we are rolling with the Holy Spirit, you, you can't roll with the Holy Spirit in your brain. Your brain is just going to stop it every single time because, okay, I'm going to give you this scripture. You know, what the, you know what Romans says? The flesh is, the mind, the flesh it is this. Give it to you real quick. I was going to give it to you somewhere else, but it says this. Now, the mind of the flesh 
is which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Okay? Sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace. So I'm telling you, these minds, they can be at war against the things of the Spirit. So often, if, you're, if you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the mind has to get out of the way so that your spirit man can come forth. That's really all it is. It's just all it is. Years ago, this is how we came into the river. We, Byron and I, the river of the Holy Spirit breaking out at River Life. Our name was not River Life then. It was, or was it? Was it? Yeah, it was. Was it? No, I can't remember. Okay, doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, we heard Heidi Baker. Anybody know who Heidi Baker is? She's a missionary in uh, Mozambique who was dried up spiritually, made her way. She heard about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Toronto, made her way there. Ministry was not working. She got prayed for, ended up in the floor for, I believe it was days under the power of the Holy Spirit. She got up, went back to Mozambique, and you would not believe the fruit. And I'm going to tell you this. There is no fruit in our life apart from the Spirit. It's the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh, prophet, nothing. We can stay trapped in theology all day we want to, but without the release of the Holy Spirit in and through us, it can just be another work of the flesh. And that's what it takes. And so she goes back and gets greatly impacted, has planted thousands of churches, has seen numerous people raised from the dead. I, I, can't, I, I don't even know the statistics. She probably doesn't even know. But here's the message we heard that impacted me and Byron. We were open to the move of the Spirit in that day. But because this church in its early days was traditional, we had spent several years trying to even transition over to being careful because we just wanted to go with what the Lord wanted to do here and be careful not to overwhelm people. And then to see that gone, we just didn't know. And we were careful and guarded. But Heidi Baker had this message. Too big, too small. And that really impacted us. And so after that, the, the Holy Spirit started moving in this church. And it was at a women's retreat. And it was incredible. We had, we felt it coming before we went up there. And so I knew I had to make that decision that this was too big and this was too small. And if the Lord began to move, we would let him. And we did. Our women stayed on the floor all weekend under the power of the Holy Spirit. We came back to the church on Sunday I happened to be leading worship that morning. We were doing two services then. We never got out of the first service. We went right in. I mean, people, it was crazy. People were just laid out everywhere under the power, a move of God. And I will just say this. The Lord, it was not just to have a good time, okay? The river of God. See, this is, I love some scriptures on the river. It says this. Psalm, mm. Ooh, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. You know, every time you start talking about him, he just, 
it's really odd the way he just, it's like he likes for you to talk about him. You know, I thought it's interesting that there's only one thing that we cannot be forgiven of. Isn't that interesting? It's not terrible, gross sin. It's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So it made me know that when we honor him, it's the opposite thing. He comes. It's just, it's just so, so beautiful. Psalm 46. I love this. Four through five. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of our God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved, and God will help her when the morning dawns. Isn't that beautiful? It's just beautiful. And then read this one. Revelation 22, 1 through 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its street and on either side of the river, the river of his spirit, was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, fruit, 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 fruit. Each tree yielded its fruit every month, grace for grace. You see that? How this all just ties together so beautiful. Isn't it amazing? That river of grace that Byron wrote about this week, if you got his newsletter, it all just ties together. And then it says the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And I just want to tell you, if you want effective ministry, get in the river. Just get in the river. If you want get your pain healed, get in the river. Get in his spirit. You know, just get just get in his presence. And you know, it's and these all aspects of these just really work together. It's just really interesting how they do. But I just want to say I love the river of God. You know, the first thing that Jesus did when he ascended back to heaven was he poured out his spirit on the earth. And it's a gift. It's a love gift for us. It's how we connect with him. We can't connect to God any other way. We can't connect him through our minds. We connect with him through his spirit. We experience him. Lord, y'all can stand up. Lord, I ask you this morning, just asking you this morning, Father, that that dove would ascend in this room by your grace, Lord, by your spirit. Lord, and once again, land on our shoulder. And, Lord, all these filters that are on our heart, that, Lord, keep us from connecting with you. Keep us from really hearing your voice, encountering you, knowing your love, knowing that you're good, Lord. Lord, we're asking you this morning by the Holy Spirit, the river of God, to come and break these chains. Lord, we need you. We're desperate for you. 
Lord, and we're asking you to come to each and every person this morning. Woo, I just felt him come there. Whoa, just start taking that right now. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Oh, come. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I want you to let your mind go. I really do. And you, you know, you can just, uh, you just stop thinking your thoughts. And you just get still before the Lord. Yeah. There you go. Just get still. Yeah. Just start re- getting that receiving mode. Yeah, that's how this works. It's receiving. Our salvation is all based on what we received anyway. Whew. Thank you, Lord. We just bless your name, Lord. We thank you that you have not abandoned us. You've not left us alone, Lord God. Your spirit in us cries, Abba, Father, Lord. You, the spirit connects us back to the Father. Grace is like a river. Isn't this amazing? It's all aspects of the Lord working in tune with us. So it's just a powerful thing. So Lord, we just say, come Holy Ghost, come, come Holy Ghost, do what only you can do. River, come flow like a river in and through us afresh. We will not forget what you've done for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to read from Galatians chapter three, because here we are thousands of years after Jesus came and it's easy to get into the rut that Becky was talking about. Let me read to you right after Jesus came. Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I'd like to learn one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain? If it was really in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law or by believing what you have heard? And you know the problem with a big head? It gets in the way. It's hard to get through doors and and under tables. And so when Becky was saying that about believing God loved you, I have no problem whatsoever believing that God is so, so good. But I do have a problem believing that he loves me just because I know me so much better than any of you do. And that's where laying down your big head on the table and just receiving a check up from the neck up, just receive, receive by faith that God loves us in spite of us. We have the ministry team come up. Steve's going to share, but let's have the ministry team come up. And, and when you feel in your heart that you want to just lay it down and receive it because you can't earn it, because you can't work for it, come up for prayer. You know, the Lord said, this is the work of God. We, Becky's been talking about, you know, we can't do it, we can't do it. And the Lord knew that. And he said, this is the work of God that you believe that's how simple it is and the Lord showed me this years ago he said Steve you don't understand what the word believe means and I said because I'm trying Lord I'm trying he said that's the problem you're trying to believe the word believe means receive and I feel like the Lord is really wanting to give us revelation of eternal life that's what I'm hearing today All the things that go on in our lives, 
The Lord said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me will never die. We hear all these terrible things happening to families and what happened to this family. But the truth is, what God is working in our lives, and he wants us to have this revelation. He said, the world's going to pass away, but you're going to live forever. You see, what God's doing in my life and our lives is not for our understanding of what goes on in this life. He wants to give us understanding what's going on in his life, in his kingdom. So I just want to encourage you right now to anything that's been going on, come on up. Uh, the Lord showed me this years ago. If He says, whatever is darkness, light will take it away. And sometimes we just, he says, my burden's light. My yoke is easy. All he's asking us to do is open our hearts. Let the garbage come out into the light, that darkness. Let that darkness come out. David prayed, if there's anything in me, Lord, that's hurting me, take it out. That's my cry. That's our cry today. If there's anything in you that's hurting you, all you got to do is just open your heart. Come up and get some prayer and let, let the body of Christ, let Jesus lay his hands on you. I just think also if there's people that feel like they've hit bottom and really need to really grab hold of this grace revelation that you come on up. I think there are some people in the room. Um, yeah, and I just, I think there are people in the room that really need to know that it's finished. God's already done it for you. You don't, you're not really aware that you already have the righteousness of Christ. And I believe there's people that can lay hands on you for that. So, and we love you guys. Yeah, we just let, keep letting the Holy Spirit come on you. I think there's people in this room that need a fresh encounter with the love of God. There are people in this room that need a fresh baptism of fire. Jesus said he came to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so we're just saying, if that's you, you need a fresh baptism. That be filled with the Spirit is keep on being filled. So we're just saying, come and let the Lord touch you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you and just say have a good week. We're going to just keep ministering up here. Um, so be blessed. Pray for one another. We need it. Pray for this body. We need it. In Jesus' name.